I want to introduce to you a good mate of mine. I've uh, known Alicia Chattopalli for a few years now. I've had the great privilege of uh, journeying with him and visiting him in India. He has made a couple of returned trips here to Australia. Uh, he has a, a wonderful story to tell, and I'm hoping that he'll be able to share a little bit about his journey with you this morning in very briefly, uh, in a very quick way, and, and then give us a bit of an update about how things are going in India with the COVID situation over there. Uh, brother Alicia Chattopalli, great to see you again, mate. Great to have you with us. Great to see you, brother. Thank you. Thanks for, uh, uh, thanks for this uh, interview. I'm very, very privileged. And thank you all for giving me this great opportunity to share what God has done in my life and what God is doing in India among the Dalit people in India. Well, I'm very much looking forward to, to hearing, hearing what is happening there now. Um, firstly, can I say um, we've, we've missed being able to come over and visit, uh, you know, in, in our family with our previous church. We would make a regular visit, an annual visit. So we've missed we missed catching up with you. We missed seeing all of the kids there. Uh, one of the things that we've really uh, appreciated over the years has been building our relationship, is getting to know you, getting to know the kids in, in the home, getting to know the staff and building a relationship. It's not just a case of we're supporting financially. We're actually getting involved, getting our hands dirty and letting these kids know that they are loved, that they are special. Um, so, mate, we've been, we've been missing you and, um, yeah, looking forward to hopefully seeing you again in the not too distant future uh, we are so missing yes definitely sure i am aware that the people at church in the marketplace won't know your story however so can you just very briefly tell us about your story you you had quite a wild ride as a teenager you're a bit of a wild child at one stage weren't you yeah 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 i was yes i was yeah so my name is elisha chotapalli or elisha chotapalli and i was born and brought up in a poor dalit Christian family in India. My parents were daily wage quarry workers working in the quarries, rock mining quarries, gravel mining quarries. And we are four children to our parents. I'm the eldest and they used to get one US dollar per day. It was about 25 to 30, uh, about 35 years ago. So it was- So one dollar a day, one American dollar a day. And this term daily wage workers, that's what you mean, isn't it? That they go to work that day, they earn a dollar for that day, and that's it. That's it. It's actually a 24-hour shift. So like 24 hours, they get uh, $1 a day, and the next 24 hours, it's uh, uh, free time, like in a leisure off. So it's like a $15 they used to get per month. And we are four children to our parents, and it was very, very hard for them to look after the four children with that, you know, very meager income. So we've been through very, very challenging times in our lives, and they have put me, my sister, and my brother also in an orphanage run by the government because they couldn't afford to, you know, uh, feed us. So just for the food, mostly they put us in the orphanage. But it was very, very bad. The situation was very, very bad. And the food was the main thing. It was very, very bad. We could see the insects running in the food when we were eating. So there was no uh, thinking of e eating that rice with the um, soup because we could see the insects. So we always used to uh, mix any other curry except the soup. And uh, at the age of 11, I started working in the agricultural fields and the quarries along with my parents because... At 11. At the, 11, at the age of 11. 
because at the time it it, it, it was very very common to work for uh, children also work in the uh, along with the parents in the mines in the agricultural fields in the you know, roadside hotels it's a very common thing i didn't know that at the time how um, you know, bad it was uh, but uh, to survive um, we uh, children also have to work so still it is the same in india india has the biggest number of child laborers than any other country in the world child laborers child laborers still it is and uh, i've been through very very hard times but i had a great desire to be educated i was a child worker in the agricultural fields quarries i i used to collect milk every day from morning 5 to 9 o'clock and after that i used to get ready and go to school so i used to do that as a part time job every day morning 5 to 9 o'clock and for doing that i used to get 60 rupees per day it's like a, nowadays like 1.2 australian dollars this is in 1990 yes <laughs> 1992 to almost 1995 so for four years i i used to i used to do that but i had a great desire to be educated because no one in my family ever went to the school and i always dreamed of going to the school with the nice uniform shoes tie belt on all those things when i saw you know some people students in my age children going to the school in that uniform so i had a great desire to be educated and did a lot of jobs to support myself to support my family and by the grace of god and i was able to finish my university degree and i said i also born so you were the first in your family to get a university degree yes, yes. i mean okay. even to the, get to the school high school finishing the high school i am the wow. last one wow. my mother yes my mother did i think year 1 year 2 that's it so not more than that my father had no education and still he cannot sign his name signature he cannot do that wow wow and mother no one had yes and so you grew up your parents were christian so you you grew up in a christian home yes 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 i was born in a christian family my parents were christians most of my mother but um, as a kid i was very very good at going to the church you know along with my mother but as i was growing my thinking towards god changed there were two reasons for that one was in my school our teacher taught about the darwin evolutionary theory it says man came from monkey but whereas i had a influence christian influence that god has created man out of dust there is you know big uh, collusion uh, difference but my science teacher really brainwashed us to believe that science was more powerful than the god so i started to believe that theory that uh, theory had maybe 10% of the impact on my life but there was another thing that really made me very very angry with the god so that made me you know 90% effect on my life to become atheist so that was i was born in a christian family and my mother been my mother most my grandmother they were very very loyal faithful christians and i also had you know as a child that you know god gives everything to us or god is a god of blessing he take care of us you know uh, as you know all those things but in my family christian family i didn't see any blessings when i say blessings i mean you know having a three meals a day having you know a nice house like you know just a common roof where you know the water will not come into the house in monsoon season my it's interesting what you describe as a blessing alicia having three meals having a, you describe that as a blessing so if i'm hearing it correctly um you know there was a disconnect between the faith of your family and and they would talk about you know being richly blessed by god but you didn't see that actually happening no 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 
not nothing happening in my family. Okay, and so at this point, what you 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 throw away your your faith? You become an atheist at university. Yes, yes, yes. And I didn't see any blessings in my family. No meals a day. No three meals a day. As a child, I went to the bed without having a food, and I I saw you know my parents you know inability to support us. And my father was alcoholic because of the poverty. So you know he got into the alcoholic uh, you know uh, habit because there's no way out of this poverty in india the thing is we have the karma system you are born rich you are born better this in this life because you did something good in the past life yeah so, so this is very significant isn't it this comes from the hindu obviously the india is majority hindu isn't it uh, christians are a very small minority but um, 80% of the people are the hindu people yeah and so karma is the sense that you deserve to be where you are in life is that correct it's true it's true. you were born into your station in life as a result of something that you did in a previous life yes 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 so as a christian i i started to think where are those blessings not only in my family and the surrounding christian families in india you know dalits are the christians majority more than 80% of indian christians are the dalit people the untouchable people okay so and can you explain that can you explain what a dalit is and what it means to be untouchable because as you say most of the christians in india uh fall into this it's not even on the caste system is it's at the bottom of the caste system so was about yeah. 300 million indians are dalits can you very quickly explain what that means yes yes in india about 3000 years ago this system the caste system or the caste system was invented so according to hinduism mankind is divided into four different caste people or the group people so there is a one particular god called brahma means creator hindu people believe in 30 300 million uh, nearly 300 million i think yeah. There's a lot of gods, <laughs> but it's a strict hierarchical scale, isn't it? Yes, yes, yes. Thirty, sorry, thirty million gods and goddesses. Thirty million gods and goddesses. So there's one particular god called Brahma, means creator. So out of his body parts, four caste people came. The first one is Brahmins. They came from the forehead of the god. So they are the Brahmins. They are the priests and the teachers. They do all in the temple works. Second one is Kshatriya, means kings and the warriors. They came from the shoulders of the god, shoulders. And the third one is Vaishya, means business community. They came from the belly of the god. Fourth one is Shudra. They are the uh, working class. They came from the feet of the god. So these are the four caste people came from the different parts of the god. And there is one more group of people called the outcast people or the Dalit people. They are not from any part of that god. So that's why they call. outcast people you are not from any part of a god so you are outcast people so dalits do not come under a caste system they are completely outcast people and what does there that are, mean for them in daily life so in india there are more than 120 different kinds of discriminations against the dalit people when the caste system was invented everyone got the job priesthood job kingshood job business job and the and trades job working class but dalits did not get any job the job was given to the as per the caste system to the dalit people was cleaning the dead animals eating the meat and disposing that anim, that uh, animal dead animal and the cleaning the public toilets and the latrines manual scavenging still there are more than 1 million dalit manual scavengers who clean the public toilets with the hands still it is happening in india 
and Dalits are so this is not ancient history this is happening today over a million Dalits of people are still you know forced to clean toilets manually speaking they get all the jobs that nobody else wants to do and the understanding in the Hindu worldview is that these people deserve to be there where they are yes yes and Dalit people are forced to live outside the village, not in the main village. Still in the 21st century, Dalits are forced to live outside the village because they say if a Dalit person presents, you know, or a shadow come under a high caste person, he will be polluted. So he, they have to, you know, stay away from the main village. So nowadays, people are, you know, most of the very, very elderly people are very, very strict about this. But a little bit of relaxation, but still we have to live outside the village. Even though I have you know, millions of dollars of the rupees, many high caste people don't like my presence in their locality because I'm a Dalit, even though I have, I have a millions wow. of dollars. Still. So this, this is happening still today. The, the, the little villages, there are Dalit villages according to you know, the caste system and you are forced to live separate from the higher caste people. Yes. So this flies in the face of the Christian understanding of creation, doesn't it? That we are all fearfully and wonderfully made, that we are all valued and loved by God, yes? Yeah. And, and so what happened to you then to open your eyes to this injustice? Can you very quickly share about what happened? Yes. Yes, and one more thing is, main thing is, Dalits are not allowed to enter in the, into the Hindu temples. And at the age of 13 years old, I was, you know, uh, put down, put away. I was not allowed, I was denied access to the Hindu temple in my own village because I'm a Dalit. So it's very, very hard to live in India as a Dalit. So as I was growing, because in the in, in Bible, Bible says God created everyone. So my thinking was, I didn't know that this system was invented by the inaugurated Hindu you know, system. So I was thinking the caste system was the invention of the God and the poverty was the invention of the God. I became very, very angry with the God. If the God was just God, why he created this you know, uh, crooked system that you know, people are not equal? So, we so you, you, you gave your faith away altogether. You didn't want to know about it, became an atheist. Yes, yes, and the okay. communist became communist in India. Communist, a communist. Party, yes, yep. third biggest party in India. And the thing is, I didn't know about the you know, rest of the world communism, but in India, communist people, communist party fight fight for the poor people, people who are you know denied, oppressed, who are going through you no know, suffering. So I was, it was easy for me to be attracted to that, and I became a communist, and I did a lot of things as a communist you know, student uh, leader imagine that I would become a Christian in my yeah. life. I hated two things in my life, Christianity, you know, a lot, and the children, yeah. I didn't like. Wow. I mean, I mean, I must admit, one of the things you notice traveling around India is there's, you do see a lot of hammer and sickles that in the villages, the communist influence has obviously been very significant, but you managed to break free. So tell us about, tell us about, you know, your conversion, you got radically set free, didn't you? Yes, yes, yes. So as I was going, you know, as an atheist, as a Christian hater and the mocker, because I used to argue with the pastor's son with my mother, most of she's been a very good Christian lady. So I used to argue with them, where is your God when we are suffering, when we are starving? Where are those blessings? So that's my, my biggest question. And why God created all of us, you know, not as equal? 
so that's the biggest challenge i was very very you know bad at you know um criticizing christianity so when my life was going on in such a way on christmas day in 2002 one of my friends invited me to come to the church actually i was not interested but to make my friend happy i went to the church so when i went to the church the pastor was preaching about the love of god what made god to send his son jesus to the earth and why he has to come and die on the cross of calvary his message was entirely on the love of god which was something different to me which i never had because church was very close to my house also but i never had that message so that was something different and again he said there are some people in this church who don't believe bible and the god i thought he was talking about me and he quoted a script from the ezekiel second chapter first verse it says son of man stand up on your feet i will speak to you it came you know very you know very strongly and it touched my heart i felt not the pastor was speaking but someone is speaking to him i could sense something happening in my heart so after this um, someone finished up into the pastor and i shared out that message something different now it you know uh, touched me and he said god was speaking to you then i put my question why god created the poverty that was my biggest challenge why christians are suffering in india why in india christians are known for the poverty why christians are you know uh, treated very badly they have no you know human value dignity in india because we are most of the christian 90% of the christians are the dalit people in india jesus is branded as the poor people god jesus is branded as the outcast uh-huh. people god because we are the majority of the christians If so that's amazing isn't it so the christianity is known as the poor people's religion as the poor people's god and now that's something you wear as a badge of honor don't you yes yes yeah yeah and okay you so you got radically set free your life got radically turned around yeah. and and so fast forward you know you're now a believer in Jesus Christ you 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 you've been radically changed as a human being as a result of coming to faith in Christ yeah. and So can you tell us very quickly about how you had God put on your heart to serve the, the Dalit people, in particular the children? Yes, yes, yes. Actually, uh, being raised in the, in the Christian family, when I was an atheist, I didn't like this name, Elisha. It's the prophet Elisha. So I wanted to change my name even you know, from Elisha to Rolex, you know, the watch company. Rolex, the watch brand. <laughs> yes. So I liked it somehow. I don't know where I read it. So that much I hated Christianity. After I became a born-again believer, I, I did a one-year Bible course. I went to Delhi, I preached the gospel, and I was beaten in Delhi for preaching the gospel by a Hindu people. Very, very badly. I never thought I... So you have first-hand experience of actual religious violence. I mean, it's something yes, that we yes. hear about in Australia. We've never experienced it, but you've been physically beaten for preaching the gospel. Yes, in Delhi, in Delhi, yes, mm. in 2004. And after I became a born-again believer, when God changed my life, I asked God, God, what do you want me to do for you? Then God gave me through a series of, you know, uh, incidents, through a series of the you know, scriptures, readings, through messages, God clearly told me to start a children's home in India. Though wow. I was raised in an orphanage, Although I was raised in a, in a poor family, I never had an intention to start a children's home. I didn't like the children. I didn't like the dogs. <laughs> you didn't like, like children. And I didn't like <laughs> dogs. God can do amazing things, brother. Yes, amazing things. And it completely transformed my life. The water hated and God gave me immense love, passion for those two things. And we had, you know, at one point of time, we had two German shepherd dogs. and they both died recently so i it's like a, you know great transformation happened in my life so you you, you start inviting kids into your house 
Yes, on August 1st, in 2006, we started the children's home in my own house. Our house is a two-room house. Two rooms. And we made one room, two rooms. It's like a three by four, three, three by three, like three meters wide, three meter length. So it's a very small house. So in that house, we started the children's home. Now, prior to that, I came to Australia to do a you know, Christian course in Tasmania. And in poverty, and it's called fusion. And I did there. When I was there, um, I, I went to the as a part of outreach program. I went to the uh, Gippsland, and there I was invited by a small you know, prayer group to come and to share my testimony. I shared my testimony there, and they gave me offering of two hundred eighty Australian dollars towards the orphanage. So with that money, we turned our two hundred and eighty dollars. So we put. 280, 280 Aussie, Aussie dollars, and money. from that, that that's what is big. That is the seed money for your ministry, yes. and so the, your ministry grows and grows. You you bring children into your own home. At one stage, yes. you have many kids living in your own home, don't you? One yes. was it sharing yes. one toilet? Yes, yes. We had fifteen children, twelve of our family members. Altogether, 27 living in two rooms. Each room is like a three by three meters, three by three size, two rooms, and one toilet, one bathroom. Wow. And I don't know how we survived it, but we survived it. <laughs> but eventually you outgrew the home. Kids are coming to you. People are dropping off their kids. And, and, and God miraculously provided, you know, a, um, you know, a school. You now have your own campus for a school and for a home. So can you quickly tell us a little bit about where life home is now can you tell us about yes, you know, yes uh, what, what are you doing now to to serve these these children yes now we have a children home we call it light home and, and we have 45 children we also have an english 45 45 and we have english medium school where we are having 245 246 children okay so hang on for a second so you have 45 kids who are living in the home um pair these parents who have given you their, their kids to for a better chance of life. They willingly yes. take, take my children and, and you have around 240-odd children at the school, but the school is in English, isn't it? So they yes. are educated in English. Can you quickly explain to us the significance of that? Yes, in India, we have 1,600 languages and people speak different languages. And in India, English has become the you know, uh, language of the elite those who are educated in the English are the ones who are, you know, forwarding, advanced in the life. So for our people, for the Dalit people, I have great love for my children, for my people. In India, you know, we are the needy, we are the poorest of the poor. So if we want to, you know, further in this, you know, technology, 21st century, our children have to have the English medium education. But English medium education is very, very expensive and there are a lot of schools developed rapidly and they're compromising the quality of the education for the sake of profits. For our people, for our children, it's very, very highly impossible to study in those English medium schools. So we have set up the English medium school and we have 246 children in the English medium school and everything is taught in the English. Not only that, and our children are taught the values of the freedom, equality and the human dignity because from the childhood, we are taught that we are not the equal. We should not mingle with the high caste people or, or their children. So we are teaching them the quality. So this is ingrained. This is really ingrained over 3,000 years of the culture. And, but you are breaking that. You are breaking that terrible cycle, though, aren't you? You are educating these children in English with English being a real ticket out of poverty. That, that's the theory, isn't it? 
it is it is it is and then you know they are able to break the mind once we break the mindset it's very easy and i just want to tell you one thing one child who has just finished studying in our on ch- in our children home on 21st of this month she is going to us to study engineering engineering yeah that's wonderful so the first of your children have come right through the school and are now hitting university what a praise in- point that is Yes, in the in the United States. She's going to the United States on 21st of this month. In the US. That's fantastic. Yeah. Praise God. I think that's a wonderful ministry giving them a practical practical benefit of an education in English and letting them know that they are loved by Christ. It's yeah. it, it's a wonderful ministry. But it's not only that. One of the things that uh struck me also Alicia was that you know you also are uh, involved with what micro business um you know it, it involving the the local you know people the local women in the villages who otherwise wouldn't have an income and you're starting businesses trying to employ them in order to support the work of the school it's a holistic mission isn't it not just to the children but to their families yeah Yes yes and we train the women in the tailoring sewing machine for 6 months at the end of the course we give them sewing machine also because as as i said we are trapped into this you know the karma system that you're born as a poor you die as a poor so there is no way out as per the you know hindu system as per the indian system so we want to train the women that if you work hard you know you can break this poverty cycle in your generation wow. and you can wow. also help your children also so we so far we have trained more than 670 women train gave sewing machines to all of them 670 women wow. majority of them are doing their own um, business because in india still in the villages mostly for the ladies and we buy the fabric we take it to the tailor and tailor stitch the you know clothes for us so it's a good business it's not a big business but it will help them to stop the poverty cycle and it gives them you know, yeah. good yeah very powerful Yeah. yeah very powerful in 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 empowering these women you know empowering the the lowest of the low and and you know breaking this terrible silence cycle so they they are given a, a sewing machine given a you know given a a chance to earn a living and the other the other group of people that really is a powerful ministry is to the elderly in indian society as well not just to the yeah. children but again due to the caste system am i am i correct if you are old and you're not able to contribute if you're not able to help out the family there is a terrible phenomenon whereby the older people are simply abandoned yes world dumping like you know elderly are being you know dumped because there's no value it it was very good in the in the last few in the, in the few years ago but nowadays they have no value and this system this culture is growing very very fast once you are old you know there's no value uh, i mean uh, no income from you so you know simply they are abandoned in the elderly parents so it's very very sad so mm. we are feeding 22 elderly people with two meals a day a lunch and a dinner and uh, we are okay uh, so you you're feeding 22 elderly people these are people that whose families have forgotten about them otherwise been put on the scrap heap of life yes. and you feed them two meals a day yes. uh, keeping them uh, alive for no reason other than your faith in Christ leads you to believe that they are that they are loved and that they are valued human beings yes 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 i mean two times they come and eat here for the third meal they take to their homes so it's like yeah. three meals a day yeah very powerful we might see if we can put some photos up on screen of of some of that happening uh very powerful stuff uh it's wonderful work that you're doing uh, alicia we hope to be able to 
to visit you again at some point. Um, but I, we are also keen to to hear from you about what's happening with COVID in Australia. Our news, um, you know, we, we're hearing desperate stories from India. Um, can yes, you tell yes. us exactly what is happening in India at the moment with COVID? I mean, with the COVID, what, um, for example, yesterday we had about 42,000 new almost 43,000 new cases yesterday in 24 wow. hours. Wow. New cases. Wow. And uh, it is only reported cases, but the number is in nearly, you know, three, four times more than what they're reporting in it on the newspapers. So they're under-reporting. The real numbers are much, much higher again. Much, much higher. Much, much higher. And the thing is, but the, compared to the uh, number in, in, in May, uh, two months ago, it is definitely, definitely lower compared to the uh, November, April, That's um, April, May, definitely lower. But the thing is, in the villages, mostly people are left to die because there's no you know, proper system, uh, healthcare system. Now it is better, but in April, May, no one wanted to see uh, what happened in April and May. There's a lot of, lot of hopelessness, a lot of depression. Very, very sad. Very, very sad. And there was a lot of people, um, I, as I understand, just trapped, like they couldn't move. You, you, the government wouldn't let you travel home. So it was people just trapped away from their home, homeless, just stranded. Yeah. And, you, and again, you were part of serving some of those, feeding some of those people, weren't you? Yes, 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 yes. And we gave them rice and groceries to the families, you know, who are stuck in the homes. Mostly we have helped the single mothers with the children and the elderly people because there's no income source for them. They're all, you know, uh, daily workers. If they work, they get money. If there's no work, there's no money. So we help those families. In the last, you know, one and a half year, we nearly supported 5,000 families with the COVID support, wow. the rice three wow. months a day, and we also distributed the cooked meals also. Yes. Yeah, that's, that's a lot of help. Again, I might be able to show you some photos of the help that's, that you're doing over there uh, in yeah, very desperate uh, circumstances. So, okay, so look, hopefully we're, what we're praying that the, that the COVID pandemic in India is easing, that things hopefully uh, will, be getting, uh, will be getting better there, um, but obviously, you know, still a great need. If people are wanting to help out, I mean, what can we do? We're so far away. Aussies can't travel at the moment. Uh, we can't, certainly can't get into India. So, um, you know, what can we do to help out? I mean, the first thing is we request you to please pray for our people, for our India, for our country, and the COVID to come, you know, uh, lower and completely go away from this world. And the second thing is, you know, uh, if we can, you know, led by the God, if you are, you know, able to support, we would request you to please support uh, for the people that we are, you know, helping. And your financial support is much, much needed and very, very grateful. And the third thing is, if you can share about our ministry and the work that we are doing in India with your friends and the family or the networks, that would be very, very helpful. And if you would like to know more about what we are doing, I have written my autobiography and it tells you know, more about us and our work. And I'm more than happy to you know, send you that free copy of it. And if any one of you would like to receive our newsletters, 
to keep updated on what's happening. You know? I think I might be able to get my hands on a couple of copies of your autobiography and hand them out. So, um, yeah, Church in the Marketplace locals, let me know if you're keen to help out. I can point you in the right direction. It's a wonderful read, a very inspiring read, Elisha's autobiography. Um, I can point you in the direction of some bank accounts if you wanting to help out financially speaking. If you're wanting to pray, um, they can sign up for a newsletter as well, can't they, brother? Yes, 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 definitely, definitely. Yeah, now the newsletter is very helpful, very, very informative. Um, mate, it's been fantastic to touch base again. I look forward to uh, hitting the cricket pitch with you again soon. <laughs> yes, definitely, definitely. Yes. <laughs> uh, the, uh, the, the Indian guys, they're very serious about their cricket. We always have a wonderful game of cricket. Um, it, there's no tennis ball. It's a hard cricket ball that they play with no pads. It's pretty full on. Uh, looking forward to getting back on the pitch with you soon, mate. Great to, uh, great to speak yeah, to you again. Thank you so much for your time. And, and uh, look, we'll be, please be assured of our prayers over the coming weeks and months. And as I say, um, yeah, all of my family, all of our tribe and all the church in the marketplace, please, um, please know that we'll be uh, continuing to pray. Thank you, brother. Thank you so much. Thank you. Good on you, mate. Thank you, mate. Really great to chat. I hope we'll speak to you again soon. Yes, definitely. Definitely, yes.